This is Nadine Khoury, and you're listening to the Cloud Watcher Email Podcast. Carry me into light Out of myself into this fragrant on pushing these walls keep on searching for something true breaking in time throw me a line i sing back to you
Hey Mo, how are you? Hey Nadine, how are you? Good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you loud and clear. Good. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so lovely to speak to you this afternoon. Thank you for coming on the Cloud Watcher in a podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, just one want to say your immune your music is so amazing. Uh, it's it touches you in ways that you can't think think of. It, it attaches you to your subconscious and just plays in the background. How did you come up with that? How did you come up with those sounds? Well, thank you so much. It's very kind of you. Um, how did I come up with those sounds? I don't know. I think um, a lot of the sounds I, I sort of hear in my head and I try to find a way to get them out. <laughs> so usually it's that's how it goes. I know there's a, um, a phrase called dream pop. I mean, that doesn't do justice to what what you do. How would you describe your music? Um, I think there is something about it that sort of uh, comes from in between, sort of a world of in between, whether that's, um, you know, being awake or being asleep or this world or the next world or other worlds that don't exist. Um, I feel like I'm often navigating in that space, uh, in between space. For me, that just perfectly encapsulates what 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 it is just to listen to because yeah, you, you close your eyes and it's a choral explosion. You've you've got synths going on. You've got guitars. But then you've got your voice. Your voice is so unique. It attaches you in inside and brings you into your world. And thank you for giving us a little passport into your world. Um, that's really nice of you to say. Um, yeah, I think, um, well, for the last record, my voice was very much like in the foreground, um, very naked, um, <laughs> recorded very in an exposed way. Um, but yeah, I was, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you, that you, um, you know, um, uh, received the music in that way. Um, to talking about your, uh, latest album, Nova Life, how different is it from Sold, The Salted Air? Um, well, I think it is quite different. I think um, the place that I was in, just personally speaking, was quite different. Um, and also what was happening around it was so different. Um, on Another Life, it was sort of like um, we'd gone through the worst of the pandemic, but we're still kind of in the pandemic. You know, um, you know the, the restrictions had been lifted, but it was still... Um, a very weird atmosphere to be recording in. Um, so our, you know, people couldn't come from abroad. So it was mostly the London musicians that were on the album. And uh, we were very closed. It was a very closed session, very controlled session. Um, and and even for the, for example, for the writing and the preparation, um, I did, there was much less jamming and things like that. Yeah. So a lot of it was pre-written as demos and then we tried to translate that live um but i would say it was maybe less spontaneous than the previous record um 
it was much more controlled um and it was a really fun session actually the the end of the life session that we recorded in london uh with john parrish and the london musicians and John Papaparaparish and his work as the producer has been quite instrumental in what, what your music sounds like and what it sounds like for the audience as well and getting an album to give for, for you, uh, this collection, this of songs and sound. Yeah, John is, um, he's, he's really great at capturing things like the best way possible, so... Um, I'm really grateful to him and also for, I mean, just giving me confidence in, in, in what I was doing in my voice because I, I never really thought of myself as a singer, but I think um, the way that John managed to like record my voice and, and things like that was really helpful. Um, and just, you know, knowing how to present something in the best way possible. And your journey, journey in music, music isn't just limited to these, just these two albums. But from from the inside, from two, two, 2005, that's where it all start, started. It, have you heard that? Because it was quite an amateur project. <laughs> have you heard? I've been doing my research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't really know what I was doing at that time. I was really just started trying to understand how to record myself and um, just sort of fumbling about a little bit. Um, but the first, the first um, release that I sort of had more understanding of what I was doing was the Song to the City EP. Um, that was in 2010, I think. And then I, I took a bit of a hi hiatus after that because um, it was just really difficult. I found uh, the music industry was not really an easy place to, to work in. And um, yeah. But then John, um, you know, had he came to me, not I think it was a few years after that, and said that he was going to release the track that we recorded together. Um, and then things sort of picked up again from, from then. Um, what was the experience of being in the States as opposed to being in London and recording your music? Um, well, in the States, I wasn't fully like anchored there. So I was sort of, you know, I, I, I was sort of moving around a bit and I didn't, it wasn't like a long term um situation for me there so it was a bit more nomadic and and, and so the the music and the recording was a bit more fragmented yeah um, so you know it was a lot of like I'd go to someone's living room and record them playing trumpet and then go somewhere else and record an organ and so it was very um it was less um in one place um and with different lots of different people um but it was fun I mean I, I lived in New York for a little while and there's just so much music there and um, just some incredible musicians. But I think at the time as well that I, politically, the atmosphere at that point was quite uncomfortable for me. So I I didn't think that I could live there. And so I, I moved to England at that time. And for, for me, one of my favourite tracks of the latest album in Another Life is Keep Pushing These Walls. Uh, could, could you um, explain more about your inspiration for the, that that song and how that came to life? 
Yeah, actually, so that song was written for a singer called La Sadicela, who's a Mexican-American singer. Um, and I was a big fan of hers since I was a teenager or something. And I wrote that song uh, one night. I'd, I'd gone to see a show at the Barbican with uh, Feist and uh, Bryce Dessner from The National and a lot of other people. They were sort of paying tribute to Lassa. And, and I thought, I'd been trying to write a song for her for a while. And that night I just went home and, and wrote the song. Um, and then we re revisited it with the band and stuff. But I wasn't sure that song should be on the album because it was quite different to the others. Um, but John Parrish said that it should. And and I'm glad that I, you know, listened to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that, that I managed to, to make the cut on the album as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Obviously, an, Another Life, the track, is just stupendous as well. I mean, I love that song, song as well. And um, seeing you um, sing live acoustically at Rough Trade West, that was just a delight. Well, thank you for being there that day. Um, you've had a strong connection with Rough Trade West as well. Um, can, can you explain a little, little more about that? Yeah, so, I mean, I've been going to Rough Trade since I was a teenager. Uh, it was sort of like my point of reference of where to go to discover new music. And, um, you know, at the time, Nigel would be at the counter um, and would recommend things. And I just love that the there's very much a community around the record store and they really, you know, champion independent music, etc. Um, and so when the Salted Air came out, they were really... Um, you know, really helped. I, I mean, I didn't have any management or any, really anything, any support, but they, they really um, got behind the record and that was a, a huge help. Um, so yeah, I'm always grateful to them. And then from The Salted Air, um, one track that stands out for me is Shake It Like a Charm. And I, I, that, that just earwigged itself into my head and it just keeps playing and playing. I have that on repeat. Oh, how, how did you come up with that? So that was um, also a song actually written for a singer. I, I wrote it for Jeff Buckley. Um, and I had been listening to, I think it was the first time I listened to, do you know um, Live at Sinead? It's like, um, it's like an acoustic or so, so solo live performance that he did and there was one song where he he sings um a Nina Simone cover a cappella and I just heard it and it blew my mind and I yeah I wrote that song for him um but it's about sort of like um really being in the present moment and um sort of in the divine in, in that space and I think I mean, from what I've read, because I never saw Jeff Buckley, or, you know, obviously I've, I've heard him sing on recordings, but I think he also had access to that space through his music. Wow. And then um, you've had to live a quite a nomadic life because you were born in Beirut and then you came to London, you've traveled to the States. How has that affected you and your music? How has it informed your music as well? Yeah, I mean, I think, funnily, um, I think American music always really spoke to me. Even when I lived in the UK as a child, um, there was just so much music I was listening to that was coming from there. So I think I went there sort of on a pilgrimage uh, 
to to try i don't know why but i part of it was to to find that music um that really spoke to me but i think um all those places that i've lived have informed um just sort of my i don't know my experience and the things that i love i've taken from all of those places um with me um yeah it's it it hasn't always been easy to sort of know my 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 place necessarily when your identity is so fragmented. But um, I really appreciate you know all that I've uh, come to know and and see through that. And I don't know if I answered the question. No, no, you did perfectly, perfectly. Um, and what is the music that you carry within your heart that the also informs your music as well. What about the songs? Are there any songs, any more artists like Jeff Buckley that inform your music? Uh, there's just so many. Um, I feel like some songs have just sort of been like uh, lifelines, you know, someone throws it out to you from somewhere, from the other side of the world, and you just like, you know, hold on to it. And um, there's so many songs that I've... Uh, you, you know, uh, relied on just to get through things, um, but also been really inspiring. Or, um, it's hard to pick just a few, but <laughs> I need like a theme or something. <laughs> because your music just covers the whole spectrum of human relationships, loss and love and life. Um, how do you translate that? How do you translate those feelings into words onto a written page and then put that onto an album and then perform that live? Um, I guess like uh, most songwriters, I, I don't know. I, sometimes you, the writing process is just like trying to make sense of the world, I guess, um, a lot of the time. So, you know, whether that's consciously or not, but just... Um, writing something down and, and following it um, wherever it may go, because sometimes I don't necessarily know. So for for the last album, you know, I was writing a lot of things, but I didn't really have, you know, a really clear-cut idea or conscious um, guidelines or anything like that. I was just sort of following what was coming to me. Um, and then it's a, it's a little bit scary when you have to record it because you don't want to get it wrong. Um, but I had, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd chosen the musicians that I was working with. They were all so trusting and so generous um, and talented. And, and I think when you are able to create a space like that, well, for me at least, it, it felt very, uh, um, you know, that it, it wasn't going to go wrong. Yeah. Terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. And have you found being an independent art artist? Because no, no one explains to you all the different roles that you have to do as an independent artist. You're a booking agent. You're a your own videographer. You're your publicist. You're all these different hats. Mm. And it, yeah, that's uh, it's tough. Like I, I um. I think the balance, it's hard to keep a balance between creativity and doing those things. Um, but it's, uh, I guess it's the reality of uh, 
you know, 2023 <laughs> of how things work. Um, yeah, I find it quite tiring to to think in all those different ways, especially the non 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 creative things. Like yeah. the videos are fun. Um, obviously, it's it's nice to express yourself um, in a different medium. Um, but the, yeah, the, all the rest, the other stuff is uh, is difficult. Um, I just sort of like learned as I went along, but I I do wish there were more things that I knew when I started. But it's just taken a while to understand how it works. And it's the thing is, is it's constantly changing too. It's the the landscape of the music industry is not the same that it was like ten years ago, or even five years ago. And is there any piece of advice that you would give your younger self if you could go back? Um, if I could go back. What would I say? Um, I think I would say, I don't know if I could go back. Uh, I probably, it was, I was very, very shy um, at the time, but I don't know if there's a, something I could say to myself. Um, I would say find your people maybe, because that really helped me. It was Because um, when I started out, I, I had no, you know, no connection to, to anybody that was living from music. I didn't, it's not like I was in a place where I could easily uh, find my community, um, but meeting other people, learning from them, um, being inspired by, you know, kindred spirits, that really helped. And I've learned so much from my friends in music. Uh, so that's what I would say, I think. <laughs> and... Coming up, you've also got a, a show at Pepe Progressive Vin Vintage in Hackney coming up in June. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about that show. It's with the, the band that I recorded the album with um, and we'll be playing songs from another life and some some oldies as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really, um, really, it, it's always so nice to see um, our London um, audience. So we're really excited about it. That's fantastic. And so you've got the al album, you've got the show. Um, is, is there more to, that we, we can expect from, from Yumi musically as well? Yeah, there's some things that I haven't quite uh, shared yet that were once when we recorded the album. <laughs> and, um, and possibly some more like visual um, things that also are, are, should be out. Um, in the spring, late spring, probably before the show. Woohoo! <laughs> well, I'm excited. Awesome. <laughs> um, did you always um, think that you would be on this music musical journey? Was there a seed planted by some, some, someone at all to say, yes? This is what you could do. Let, let it grow. It's it's going to be hard, but keep going. Keep keep doing what you're doing. Um, actually, no. It was more like the opposite advice that I got. <laughs> yeah, it was like this is a terrible idea. How are you going to, you know? Um, but I think it was it was a dream more than anything else. It was like that's my dream is to play music and and write songs. Um. And then, and I had it fairly early. I mean, it was a pipe dream, but it was still. Um, uh, I think I was like I discovered Elvis Presley <laughs> when I was really young, and I loved his music. Um, but I loved me. I mean, music spoke to me in such a strong way. I didn't really 
have any control over how how strong uh that was because you know we didn't it was not like um what's the word a predicted path for me you know as far as um what was expected of me um and so I think it was just stronger than me <laughs> I, I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't doing it but I, I hope that it would always still be part of my life somehow well I for one am very glad that you are making music that you are on this path because you. your, your voice your words your songs touch my heart my mind my my soul there's a connection there that uh, you may not realize that that you have this frequency this vibration with the audience and you know you and i know when you did the acoustic show it was almost pin drop quiet because everyone was just so absorbed in your new music and then yeah. one once you stopped everyone was like ah. <laughs> Oh, it's lovely to hear. Thank you. You know, it's um, it it can be so grueling. You know, this industry and and uh, to know that is 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 the biggest gift that you can have. You know, because uh, it it doesn't really exist without the listener. So, so thank you. Um, Nadine Curry, thank you for taking your time for being on the Clad What You Know podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, hope to see you on the fourteenth of June. <laughs> Woohoo!